0: Gary DePaul with Unlabeled Leadership. Welcome to episode 46, Mary Bradent Knows the Trust Secret. Here's a shout out to listeners in New York, particularly in New York City, Levittown and Troy. Shout out to those listeners in the District of Columbia, Washington and Overland Park in Kansas. With that, let's get started In organizations, there are customer facing professionals who think very little of the support functions. They think of them as necessary to do business, but contribute little else. And HR, human resources, is one of those departments. However, there's quite a bit of a transformation going on in HR departments where they have become more results focused, they think systematically. And they add value by forming meaningful relationships and partnerships with those departments they support. And when this happens, support functions actually make bottom-line contributions. When I think of the second category of HR professionals, I think of Mary Redant. She's the chief HR officer at ALG Senior And at that company, they have a mission to create the best life for all we serve. And knowing Mary, she doesn't apply that just for the customers that ALG Senior has, but applies it to her internal customers and on her team as well. I know Mary from my days when I worked at Lowe's Home Improvement, where she was a corporate HR director. And I worked with the HR department, got to know several of the people there, including Mary, and have long respected and in a sense followed her career as she's moved up from that role at Lowe's to moving on to the Fresh Market and then later Dave Spridle, but now with ALG Senior. I want Mary on the podcast because she not only has the capability of building great teams, she knows how to set them up for success and she knows the secret to building trust within teams. Building trust isn't so much a secret, because if you tell it to someone, they act like they understand it. But the irony is, is they don't do it. They don't, they aren't successful at building trust, where Mary is. Through her stories, Mary shares some insight in what it means to build that trust, demystifying this secret. Part one, Fish Market Foundations. Professionals who successfully make the transformation from individual contributor to manager of people begin developing some key guiding principles. These are guiding principles of leadership. These include believing and connecting with their employees, putting them first, giving up control, and encouraging growth. In two stories, Mary illustrates or exemplifies what it means to make that transition. Here's Mary with her first story.
1: This request from you, Gary, is the reflective activity of going back through all the many years and experiences and thinking about, you know, what really has made a difference and finding those key moments and finding those times where there was a pivot or, you know, someone really made an impression. And I think that what I ended up thinking about the most was my time with Target. And it's such a fantastic company. And it was really when I was beginning my HR career, my multi-unit career, and Target was in big growth mode. There was a, a culture just, sweet, it was fast, fun, and friendly is what we called it. There was this passion and ambition and understanding that you could never let your group down, never let your team down. And you just jumped out of bed every morning and landed on your feet and ran as hard and as fast as you could. That was really the beginning of kind of showing me what it meant to embrace and be present and give everything that you have to give. I was very ambitious, very driven. You know, I had a little bit of a bumpy start because the person who hired me was terminated like a week after I began and i was remote to her and she was in philly and i was in boston i was struggling a little bit on the way in but i was so driven and i wanted to succeed so badly and the group director took an interest in me the group asset protection director took an interest in me and he said you know i want to give you some feedback and i had already been told that you know the main thing when someone says they want to give you feedback is that you embrace it you're you're voraciously seeking it and So I knew I needed to smile and nod and, you know, really take it all in and be a sponge. And he said, you don't need to be so work focused and intense. You're knocking people down. You know, you need to get to know people. You need to take time for the small stuff and the small talk and build those relationships before you start making demands or whatever. I had never thought about that as how important it is to get buy-in and, and build that team, you know, because I was supervising a large group. They were all new and we were opening stores and it was just, you know, mayhem and everything was moving quickly. And that was such uh, good advice for someone who was a young leader to hear for me because I, I wasn't saying, how was your weekend or you know getting to know anything about the HR managers that I supervised in my area. So while it sounds like a small thing, it was a big thing at that time because it really helped me to slow down so we could all get then aligned into moving where we needed to
0: go. When someone does show interest in, And either a direct report or just a colleague, even what's going on in their lives and how they're doing, it conveys a message that I value you as a person. And it's not just about getting the work done, but, you know, there's, there's a a big part of it that is, you know, we just, we got to go, go, go. But at the same time, I, I like what that director was saying was that you need to get to know people. They need to feel valued. And it's a way of showing appreciation for those around you.
1: It was so foundational for me because then as I continued to grow and, you know, change companies, et cetera, it really did make all the difference in building that team and getting to whether, you know, goal alignment, it's sort of, when you think about, you know, how you build a high performing team, you first have to orient and make sure that you all understand and know each other. And, and again, now that I know more so many years later, it's the foundation of trust building. That's what the part that I was skipping and and assuming that people were going to just get the work done because the work needed to get done. And instead, you really have to take the time to build that relationship and that trusting back and forth, you know, trusting conversation. So they know that you care about them as a person, as an individual, and we can be fast, fun and friendly, and we can get to know each other and have fun together.
0: I love that fast, fun and friendly (laughs) idea. But you're right. If you're going to have a high performing team, get to know the people. It actually adds to the trust because you know where they're coming from, you know, their interests, you know, their challenges more so than if you just really focus on the work and get going.
1: Right, right. There was another story I wanted to share that happened at Lowe's. And I guess I would say that my favorite time when I worked at Lowe's for 10 years was when I was leading the field in New England, when we were also growing very quickly. And we had lots of stores coming online and just a lot of activity. And I was traveling with one of the divisional vice presidents and we'd, we were on the jet. We'd gone up to Maine. We were standing outside of, a I think it was Bangor, Maine store. And I was waiting on... I think it was my RVP. I was waiting on him to come out and I was making some, I don't know, just like complaining type comment. I don't remember even what it was about, but I was just sort of grousing and complaining a little, the divisional SVP. He just looked at me, he turned and looked at me. He said, this is the life you chose. That had such an impact because it was it was in a second, it totally reframed my entire life, okay? I was like, oh, I... I am a volunteer in my life. I am not a victim. (laughs) (laughs) And it just, it really changed everything. So it was about intentionality. It was about making a difference with every conversation, every visit, every interaction. It was really impactful to me. He probably meant it in a sort of snarky way, but to me, it was such so, so important to say, be present, pick your attitude and run with it. If you're not happy, move on, right? It's going by fast and we've got to make sure that we're doing what we're meant to be doing and that we're making a difference in people's lives. And that to me, again, has been so important. Servant leadership, making a difference, finding ways to make life better with all the remote teams that I've led It's about putting those connections together so that they are making a difference and they're making each interaction better. You know, you want to lift someone up. You want them to feel a little bit better because they talk to you, because you spent time with them, that you've lifted them up in some way. Certainly in our current environment with assisted living, where we've been locked out of visitors, and now we're finally getting back in the community and we're able to say thank you to all the hardworking caregivers. That's been huge, too. So just finding those ways to lift people up and realize the power of your words,
0: I guess. You said, don't be a victim, which reminds me of Shauna Brown, who was on a previous episode. She had a manager say to her, are you going to be a victim or a victor? Yep. Yeah. The message is don't be a victim, be present, pick your attitude and lift others.
1: That's right. And the fish philosophy too, of course, has always been one that I come back to is trying to find a way to have fun at work is foundational for me. You can have fun, you can keep things lighthearted, not take yourself so seriously, take the work seriously always because it's about people and decision-making and careers and development and things. We can do it in a lighthearted way.
0: Explain what the fish philosophy is.
1: Be present, make their day. This goes back to Seattle, the fish market. And it was a group of guys, I guess, who were working at the fish market. And then someone came and saw how they worked. Then it became a way of working. So be present, make their day, choose your attitude. Oh, play, make their day be present. So yes, find ways to play. So it's, again, to me, it was really about incorporating that. When I heard the fish philosophy, that was also back in target days and that folded in into how I would get to know people, find a way to make it lighthearted and kid around and things like that.
0: Have fun, play. It's a great motivator. It is. Part two, the secret for building trust If you're going to build a high-performing team, it's more than finding the right teammates to be on the team. You have to do things like build trust. And to build trust, you're going to have to work at it. To perform your role as a manager of people, you need to do things like set expectations, meet with them one-on-one, meet with the team as a whole, and give them feedback, do performance reviews. But that is insufficient for building the trust environment. You have to deliberately do it, and there's particular ways to go about it. In this story, Mary shares one way that contributed towards building trust and building a high performance team. Here's Mary.
1: I think I'm going to go back to Lowe's again in the field in New England because that was really a happy time for me. And we had about 75 locations, 75 HR managers in one in each community. And one of the things that I just really started to do kind of on my own was put together these training meetings that were annual events that we would come together for a day or two. I would bring in corporate partners, we would have topical speakers, but My main focus was obviously getting whatever training needed to happen done, but also to build and network together and be a team together and enjoy each other. I would always fold in something that had to do with the local location where we chose to have the meeting. So we moved the meetings around throughout New England and we would try to fold in something that was historical or otherwise related. It springs to mind that we did a meeting in Boston I rented a a trolley so we could drive that into the city from where we were staying. So we had, you know, a trolley tour oh, cool! and then we went to the Boston Museum of African-American History because we had also done a, a grant with them to do some renovations. So that was a way to tour the museum, talk about the history, but, you know, not make it preachy or anything, just make it rich because with the goal of making memories at work. Okay. So that's always been sort of a, a foundational topic or a way that I like to orient I think that we're here, we're getting stuff done, but it needs to be memorable. If it's memorable, it will stick. And maybe some of the other things that we're wanting people to embrace will also be part of that. There was always some sort of event that had to do, you know, we were in um, Newport for one meeting. We did did the cliff walk as a group. And that was, again, really fun. So we would know the HR managers, the area HR managers, they were all one team we were aligned, we were focused, we were the best, we would get things done. It was really about, again, making memories, getting people's careers launched. I have so many examples of people where we hired them and it was their first HR job. They were either just coming out of school or they had been an experienced retail manager and then they were coming into HR or, you know, some sort of affiliated industry. And it was their opportunity to learn the foundations of being a generalist. And there are people that have now gone on and they've become directors and vice presidents and other things. And, it's so satisfying to know that they started in my team back in New England. To me, when you can help people grow their careers and you can help them see this is not mysterious. Everyone started somewhere and none of us began as experts. So let's work together and grow and be open listening to each other and and taking it in then we'll all move forward, you know, leading teams Aside from leading myself, leading teams has been some of the best work I've done. And now, of course, leading an organization is always a challenge and and there's a lot that's constantly coming at me.
0: When you talked about getting together annually for these training sessions and you brought in something special about the local community, I am guessing that not only did that convey what you were talking about earlier, fast, fun, and friendly, that it's a way of not only, it's a way of connecting your reports, your HR managers with one another. Mm -hmm. I would bet that when they were in need, they could pick up the phone and they can call another HR manager and say, Hey, how do you do, how do you handle this? Where maybe before they may, they wouldn't have thought of that, or they may have been hesitant to do something like that.
1: That's right, Gary. It was the idea of breaking down barriers and boundaries and being one team and also creating this excitement and energy and enthusiasm for the meetings. You know, we always took a group photo. I usually got shirts for everybody. You know, we really made it a big deal. Then later on when we had to, there was um, a wellness bus. I don't know if you were around with Lowe's when this happened, but it was rolled out by the benefits team and they wanted to get every community every Lowe's community to, you know, get the employees on there so we could see the sort of health and wellness. So it was a free event for everyone. You know, it wasn't even rolled out really with a big fanfare. There was no challenge. There was no goal when it was rolled up from corporate. I called down to Bob Yeri at the time and I said, you know, what are you trying to accomplish here? Asked a bunch of questions about it and knew that we needed to get to like at least 75% fill rate on the appointments for it to become a break-even proposition. I hung up the phone, I got everybody on the phone right away. And I said, look, we are gonna blow the doors down on this thing and make it a contest, even though it isn't a contest and we're gonna win. Everyone was all charged up. All of the communities got the entire, their staff in for the wellness screening. You know, we found some undiagnosed diabetes, high blood pressure, things like that. And we had a 97% fill rate.
0: Incredible.
1: It was the best in the company. And then we even, we got a prize. Bob gave us a prize and some money so we could buy some things for, we bought some things for the break room, You know, eat this, not that, resources for the employees. But that's sort of a situation where I knew if we said we're gonna do something, everyone would be all together because that was the kind of team we had built.
0: Part three, be resourceful and curious. In addition to leadership guiding principles, there are other principles and beliefs that can make a difference in how you present yourself as a professional, especially if you're in the human resources area. Mary shares with us some sound advice for how we can be more effective at leadership and just be more effective in our roles. Here's Mary.
1: I think one of the things that Has always been important to me being in human resources is I've always said to everyone that I've ever interviewed, the most important part of this job title is the word resource. You need to be resourceful in human resources and you need to be curious, find out answers and not be that person that comes with problems, but rather one that comes with solutions. And that's something I've tried to live by early on in my career. Someone said to me, don't be a note taker. I've got enough of those already on my team. I need people who are going to find issues and then do something about that. And that also really struck me as as something important, that it isn't just about reporting the news. It's about making something happen and making something change and be action-oriented so things can actually move and move forward. And I guess going along with that, someone said to me once, don't be a high-maintenance employee. And I thought, well, that's really good (laughs) advice. (laughs) <laughs> because you know those people, you know, you see them coming down the hall and you try to avoid and go the other way. And no one likes that person. Be the person that other people like to work with. It's very simple.
0: I wish someone said to me the first time I started doing any work in human resources you need to be resourceful human resources needs to be resourceful i i love that i i, I wish i thought of that cuz i think i think that's an attitude changer
1: it is it is because again i can't it really just irks me when someone else is trying to i am not the answer guru i want to be surrounded by people who are curious and risk taking Come up with the new and different and think about ways that we can all get this work done. And everyone elevates. I think the other thing that, um, and this comes from Ted Lasso, I don't know if you've seen this show, but it's also Walt Whitman's quote that's been sticking with me a lot. And that's, be curious, not judgmental. And, you know, it's so easy, especially after, you know, time has gone by and you say, oh, I've seen that, seen that. And you just, you judge. Sometimes we're wrong. Sometimes we don't have all the facts, you know, looking through other other people's lenses, you know, how did we get to that point? How did this person think that that decision was the right one? And when you have this constant state of reframing through curiosity, you win. People are going to be open with you and you're going to be a better coach and a better guide and a better teacher when you're curious and when you're really looking to seek to understand, you know, that's a foundational principle too.
0: That is valuable, especially when you're trying to collaborate and there's a leadership principle that's so simple, it's collaborate with others. But if you're not curious, if you're judgmental, you're not going to be able to collaborate because you won't be inquiring to understand.
1: Right, right. No one has all the answers.
0: My thanks to Mary Rodin. If you'd like to learn more about Mary, go to the show notes. And if you have a question or comment, go to leadership.com, click the message icon, and you can leave a voicemail message up to one minute. Maybe I'll play it on the air. haven't played one yet. Thank you for those who have contributed to the show. Your contributions helps offset some of the production cost. But mostly, I want to thank you, the listener, for just doing that, listening. Until next time, lead on.